So, when did you first start out in the fitness industry? Uh, I started at Anton Fitness at Fulham Gardens, uh, 2015. Got my first shot thanks to uh, Bo Williamson. You know him? Yeah, that's the one, man. He uh, he was gracious enough to give me my first opportunity. Uh, they didn't really have a trainer at Fulham, and they couldn't really make one work at that point. Um, so I guess. Was he at Fulham Gardens at that time? No, no, he was uh, the PT manager at the time. So he was out at. I want to say Campbelltown. He was at Norwood. Yeah, Norwood. I remember the yeah. old Norwood. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So I had a meeting with him. He set me up at Fulham Gardens, and I managed to make that work for about two and a half years. What were you doing prior to, I guess, starting out at the PT? What industry, what got you, I guess, that inspiration to do so? Uh, funnily enough, I never actually had the aspiration to get into the fitness industry. I always wanted to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm actually colorblind, so I can't get into the police academy. Straight out of high school, I managed to get into the first round of testing. But my luck, the first test was your vision. So I failed that test. I then went on to be a bouncer, a security guard, working corporate or clubs, anything like that. And just got real sick of it to the point where like the gym was my passion. I was like, how can I turn this into a career? How old were you at the time where you just decided, shit, I actually need to start doing something about this. It's burning desire in me. I'm here all the time. When did you have to start doing this? I was 19. So I... I had done my PT course at the age of 18, but I didn't really seek any, I guess, profession out of it until I just got sick security. Mm-hmm. I managed to actually kind of blend them two together because like you probably know when you're starting out, you need to keep that casual kind of gig on the side, mm-hmm. just keep funds rolling in. Uh, but within six months, I was lucky enough to say goodbye to security and just sue full time. I was doing delivery runs for a bakery at 5 a.m. in the morning so I don't know what that was <laughs> yeah. like starting you out. gotta do something man that's it um, I guess what did that role in tile when you actually approached Bo about it what were you doing uh, what was I like what, what, what was what, your role I guess once you approached Bo what did it actually manifest from that so uh, over that I guess my first in with any time fitness I probably became one of the longer serving trainers in that group I guess um, I managed to be I guess you can call it head trainer when there's only one trainer at Fulham. Um, so I managed to get that business pumping towards about 50 to 60 sessions a week, Solid. which uh, looking back now is way too much at That's that time. That's small space to do 50 to 60 sessions. Yeah. And um, I made so many big mistakes at the start. I was undercutting myself in terms of charging. So what I'm potentially earning now would be the same as what I was earning back then but I'm not having to bust it the whole week. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of learned that business sense across the time, like over seven years, you're going to, you're going to get that sense. Yeah. Um, And then I also managed to get a bit of a sting going at Anton Fitness Finden. They needed Mm -hmm. someone to come in and run their classes. So I was working across two clubs. Yeah. Uh, And then from there, one of their trainers dropped off. So then I was literally bouncing one-on-ones between both Fulham and Finden day by day by day. Did you start out looking for any kind of clientele you're in the SC space now did you start out actually looking for that particular clientele or did you just want to train people uh, at that stage it was just about training people I've actually over the past year or two kind of really tailoring in my niche um, which I've found so much more important but once you find your niche you've got a little bit more of a, an edge a bit more of a drive a bit more of a purpose behind what you're doing I guess what was your approach with clientele and uh, getting clientele 
for a lot of people starting out, they're not going to get into a space like P- like AAC or like the street conditioning gyms, South Australia wide. How did you actually approach going into a commercial gym and being like, I have to build my own personal training business out of? What was your goal from that? I guess at that point, that was really my only option. Like I had, I had no experience. I had to really lay the groundwork for someone to give me an opportunity at that point. So it wasn't, I guess, too much of a plan. It was more just take on what I can and do the best of what I can with it, and then put that out there and see if more people want to ride with me. Yeah, doesn't really matter who you're training at the beginning. No, you, you might just, have a dream of wanting to train the best athletes in the world. You're gonna make a brand. Yeah, you're gonna make a brand first. Get your name out there. Yeah. I guess what then got that fire breathing that you wanted to actually go into the SSC space more than anything else. Uh, I guess like you know how when people say they have their work life and their social life, this is the kind of industry where your work and your social life are the same thing. So if I was gonna give this a go, I wanted to give it everything. So um, I did my ASCA level one course. I did that actually online before I got to peak, mm-hmm. but um, I found that I'm the type of learner that needs that hand on, hands-on practice, I guess. So whilst I did my theory and I did my practical with Lawson Daily, I wanted to go extend that a little bit further. I reached out to Sean and he was gracious enough to give me a couple of months, two to three months of work experience with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so managed to follow through with that and uh, towards the end was right where the peak of COVID was kind of kicking on um, and I had kind of made the jump to move away from where I was and Sean was gracious enough to give me an opportunity there to stay on a peak. Did you, did it get hindered I guess like your position at Fulham and at Anytime Fitness once COVID did hit, were you restricted in terms of what you could do there? The gym pretty much at the start, the gym closed down, like we, we couldn't use it. Um, but. The, I guess I've, I've had so many more opportunities than just uh, for them. I even had the point where I was running my own personal training studio mm-hmm. as well uh, what was that out of? that was off of a off the side of a local gym called the West Movement yep uh, yep yep um, so I managed to run a PT studio through there but obviously once COVID hit again it was kind of like what do I do I can't yep. can't go use it it's not technically a gym but I still can't use it I still mm-hmm. can't train people uh, I just had the idea I'm going to pack up shop I'm going to sell all my equipment and then that was the end of that one yeah. so ended up uh, leaving that PT studio left Anytime Fitness and then signed on with Sean what was I guess the biggest difference that you felt over those was it like an internship work experience that you had over those three months working in that commercial gym versus working in a true private s space yeah uh, there's a big difference and like that's why yourself as well me every other coach that we probably know we try to preach that there's such a difference between coaches and personal trainers just because when i came from that personal training industry it was literally like yeah i'm a i'm a great pt but now i need to learn how to be a coach it's such a difference it's basically like scrapping it back and starting again surround yourself with people that are in the same frame of mind as well separates it a lot i was doing uh, personal training out of a commercial gym too and it's not that I didn't enjoy it but I felt like there wasn't that continued growth yeah, and communal growth that all the trainers want to reflect upon each other whereas here at AAC and I'm sure it's the same at Pete continuously want to get better they continuously want to try new methods they continuously want to help out each other and I feel like that space is very very rare 
yeah. and when you can find that space you realize how much better that you can still get exactly and I think uh, I don't know has it been the same for you yeah I I basically go off comparison in this situation like I found that in the PT industry it was so like dog eat dog kind of world where you were fighting for clients whereas now that you're in the strength and conditioning kind of world everyone's just there to lift each other up and being at peak I'm surrounded by a bunch of like-minded individuals but not only that it's people that kind of inspire me and motivate me to up my game as well everyone there has like they have so much experience in terms of getting their master's degrees finishing their bachelor's obviously they've got their S&C work uh, Sean being who he is this is, I feel like I'm in the best place to learn and I'm not going to say like I'm already great at what I do which like I've have that self belief in me, but I still have a lot of ways to go mm-hmm. in terms of learning. Because if you stop learning, you're really just going backwards. You go through phases of your career where you're like, I know nothing, I know everything. Then you think of yourself as nothing yeah. again because you realise there's some so much more new information. Yeah. And then you keep repeating that process. The more coaches that you learn, and I think that networking space that you can have, especially in house, hmm. is invaluable for that. Well, which is why that that trip that we all took to Sydney was fantastic as well. Yeah. That was like not only a bunch of like-minded people from Adelaide, but all over the country. It shows how big this space actually is in Australia. Like, even I underestimated it. You can see it on social media, but until you get that many coaches, there was probably, what, 60 coaches or from yeah. other practitioners as well, other health professionals. And you're like, holy shit, people are doing it different, but they're still like kicking ass. And yeah. Athletes Authority, the facility itself is unreal. Yeah, and that's Absolutely the unreal the amount of services they offer. And you're not going to find one coach that's the exact same as another. Everyone's going to have their own like forte. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's been yours? Where where are you looking to take your career? What particular clientele or particular space are you looking to try benefit as much as possible? So, uh, I actually not too recently had this chat with uh, Sean and Jamie. We had like our, we have our end of year evaluations just mm-hmm. to kind of see what we've done for the year and see exactly where we want to go. Um, and I've kind of just neglected where my experience comes from. I actually have an experience uh, in martial arts wow. itself. So Any I, particular one? I did eight years of freestyle karate, earning my second hand black belt in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did two years of taekwondo, and now I've just recently picked up uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that's kind of where I want to target, uh, I guess, my future. Mm-hmm. So mainly, like... If I'm going into the athletics field, I'm still going to obviously take on my gem pop. You've always got to take on your gem pop. But going into the athletics field, I really kind of want to nail in on combat sports, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There is room for improvement, like in that space, especially in South Australia. We have a few gyms that are doing it already where they're combining S&C and combat, but they're not, I think, doing it as well as it could be done. Yeah, and I think there's just... A, with the output of fighters there's a lot to consider in terms of like not only training but like it's a very recovery dominant sport mm-hmm. you've got them training two or three times a day before they even hit their S&C session mm-hmm. as well so with their output like anything can happen you can go you can't really have a plan at that point you can have a structured layout for a fight camp but things could go wrong in week two things could go wrong two weeks before the fight so you can learn to adapt. I guess. I'm guessing you soaked up as much of that um, Volkanovski uh, Oh man! <laughs> as soon as I heard SNC coach for the UFC UFC champion, I was like, is lit up. Well, you go from a guy 
contemplating back surgery and being told by numerous surgeons, you, we need to cut open your back. To a physio going, no, you're just don't. weak, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it shows how much like it's simple stuff that we do, but it shows how little education there is around the space and how much it actually can benefit something before you have to go to such extreme measures of surgery. Yeah, and I mean, think of that difference. He's one day he's being told you got to have surgery, you probably can't fight. To now he's the world champion in his field, like he's number one. Yeah, in the world. Have you got fighters on your cards already that you are training? Yes, I have uh, a fighter named Sam Reynolds. He is potentially making his Diamondback Fighting Championship debut. Is that Let, the next one? Uh, no, his, his fight will be later in the year. Later in the year, yep. So, um, oh, he's fantastic. His work ethic is off the walls, man. Like, just to a T with the programming, with his skills work as well. Um, and really soaking up the knowledge of, like, what it is all round rather than just skills work strength conditioning work mm-hmm. so the closer and closer he gets to the fight the more we're going to throw in obviously we've got peak recovery there I'm going to run him through peak recovery um, and yeah just trying to give him the best edge we can coming up with that first semi-professional fight I guess have you involved yourself back in it too? martial arts? yeah so uh, with everything going on right now obviously I'm moving houses and that I haven't been to it as much as I'd like to, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is my next goal. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the boys here, roll. Reese and Adam have become big, big Man, That's a different type of cardio. Yeah. 100%. They come in here beat up and banged up uh, a few times a week. Yeah. yeah. They've rolled here, they've rolled at their respective clubs, and you can tell just how much toll it takes in here. Oh, 100%. Man, I had my first session, and like... I could go a 5k run that could not go two minutes with a guy just like it's on top. someone's body weight just yeah. trying to crush you. Force you, you down. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a different level, man. Great, but tough. How does that combine? Because you do a little bit of powerlifting or bodybuilding or something? Uh, I kind of left my powerlifting days back after the comp. Yep. I dropped that off there. Uh, now I'm doing a little bit more Olympic lifting now. Yeah, I really want to flip up the edge of the spectrum and just kind of shock myself, I guess. You like to try a little bit of everything at the end of the day. You like to experiment, see what works best for you so you can put that towards your clients as well. Yeah. Have you found it? And do you have any specific goals that you want to do with Olympic lifts? Uh, Yeah, I did want to compete in a CrossFit competition this year, uh, much like I did with my powerlifting. Obviously, I did a powerlifting competition last year. But with COVID going on, there hasn't been a lot of competitions going on other than the Open Mm -hmm. itself. Uh, so we're still working on ways around that. Awesome. I guess you've established yourself nice there, Pete, now. Where do you see yourself heading, I guess, with your career? Because you've gone from going to commercial gyms, working there and establishing yourself to finding somewhere, I guess, where it's better suited to what your career path is. Yep. What do you see as the next three, five, ten years for yourself? Uh, so in terms of uh, my next big goal, I started my bachelor's degree a little bit later than most people would have. I started mine at 23, mm-hmm. and I'm running that part-time as well. So I've still got a couple, two to three years maybe, going on that, so that's my three-year goal. Uh, really, I'm I'm very happy with where I'm at peak and the growth behind that, so uh, I'm gonna ride that out as much as I can mm-hmm. with uh, Sean and the team over there. Um, other than that, I just, I really want to obviously promote my program of fight camp as well. So I've actually created a whole in-house program where I can go to a club and 
say, hey, let me take care of your SNC work. Who, I guess, who do you go to towards feedback and all that? Because you seem like you're very driven, you always have goals in mind. And I'm sure the questions prop up, just like with everyone. Who is your go-to person or people that you go, all right, am I doing this correctly? Or do you just hit the ground running without any support? Uh, I have uh, a few that I run uh, ideas by. Sean is obviously uh, probably the biggest mm-hmm. uh, influence for me. Um, we have Josh Ogman down at Peak as mm-hmm. well. He's he's really been uh, a helping hand as of late. And then Bradley Drake as mm-hmm. well. He's he's the third one, I'd say. They'd probably be like my go-to for in circles. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd just bounce off their ideas, I guess. You guys really have a great network just in-house because clearly you're bouncing ideas off each other consistently it's it's insane we've we've grown very fast as well like i've been there almost two years now and when i got there i reckon we probably had five coaches and now i think we have a little over a dozen so we get a lot of really good people well like-minded people as well coming through the door with that many coaches and that many quality coaches do you guys find it pretty easy to work amongst each other yeah, we, we're very fortunate enough to have uh, very regular events where we can all get together and uh-huh. just kind of, uh, it's almost like an open forum, mm-hmm. just discuss, have our own say, um, and a lot of personal development going on as well. Yep. yep. That's fantastic, man. Um, very, very fortunate position, the fact that you can be around so many good people, and yep. Sean's clearly created a great space where you guys can actually facilitate that. Mm. I guess, yeah, that's fantastic, man. Anything that you'd like to leave, I guess? Uh, or also something that we don't know about you? No, not really, man. I'm, I'm a pretty open book. Uh, people, will, like, if they follow me on Instagram, they'd, they'd see I'm a fairly open book. Whereabouts um, do they follow you? Uh, at The Bar Performance. Uh, and then just search The Bar Fitness and Performance on Facebook or something like that. Um, other than that, just thank you guys for having me and, like, giving me the ability to, I guess, share my story. This first podcast. Yes, so yes, it, it is. A little bit nervous. Nah, not really. Coffee <laughs> fixes everything. But man, coffee gets you going. Exactly. But it's been a good chat, man. Just to see how you've established yourself and I guess how you've progressed yourself into what you really want to do and now fitting out even more of a niche. I think yeah. it's great that you started globally. All right, I need to get to a gym. I need to start training people to, I need to find the right space to, all right, I need to find my niche of people that I really want to work with and this is the product and service that I'm going to help offer yeah. to people that actually want to serve. And that's the thing, man. If you're not, I guess, moving forward, you're just really moving backwards. Correct. You've got to put in the man house for that and then find the support thing. I'm so, get you there. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.